Every time I move a little forward, I get pushed back like I'm under attack. Like I'm under attack. The world's not against me, it's really only you, and that is a fact. That is a fact. Every time I move a little forward, I get pushed back like I'm under attack. Like I'm under attack. The world's not against me, it's really only you. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Ryan Ocean Podcast. I'm glad you're tuned in. I'm glad you're listening. This week, I have hip-hop artist Infidelix, who came all the way to me from Berlin, Germany, via telephone call conversation. This interview took place this past Saturday. Of course, to keep up with the way we normally do things around here, the episode is coming out today. It's a Friday, just like every Friday. Now, with that, we may have some people listening this week that never have tuned in before. Maybe you're not typical listeners. If you enjoy the show, do me a favor. Subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to, or follow me on one of my social media pages, at uh, Ryan Ocean, R-Y-A-N-O-S-H-U-N, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, I, have a, I have the Ryan Ocean page, and then I have the Ryan Ocean profile on Facebook. Follow either one of those. It doesn't matter. Anytime I come out with a new episode, which right now is typically every single Friday, I will post about it on there, and then you'll be aware if you don't feel like going and subscribing. When I do that, I post a link, which goes directly to RyanOcean.com or a website link that takes you to the episode. So if you follow along on the social media, you'll have a link typically every Friday to take you to listen. Now, we, we're, all, we're all stuck inside coronavirus is going on, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it. So we're, we're stuck. We can't go do anything. All the bars are closing, at least here in Florida. All the bars are closing. The gyms are closing. It fucking sucks. It really sucks. But it sucks across the world. Um, hopefully you enjoy this episode. The reason I'm putting these out during this time, uh, and I want to continue to put them out afterwards, of course, but I feel like it's my job as an entertainer to keep pumping out content for you to maybe take your mind off things. Now, granted, myself and Infidelics talk a lot about COVID-19 and what's going on over in Germany and how they're handling things in comparison to the way we're handling things here in the States. But in general, it's it's able to take your mind off of maybe any personal things you're going through for about an hour and some change and give you a little enjoyment outside the box. So hopefully you enjoy the episode. Like I said, subscribe if you want. Follow me on social media so you can hear when there's new episodes. But the biggest favor you could do is spread the word. Grassroots movement. Tell your friends about the podcast. Tell everyone you know about the episode, uh, you know, if you like it. And uh, hopefully they'll tune in and listen as well. And everything will be good and grand. But I don't want to take up too much of your time now. So let's get into this week's episode with hip-hop artists all the way from Berlin, Germany, Infidelix. Here we go. Where do I go? And where do I run? When life is hard, buy me a gun. I don't have the answers, only feel the pain. Starting to feel dead inside me, find me again. Where do I go? And where do I run? When life is hard, buy me a gun. I don't have the answers, only feel the pain. Starting to feel dead inside me. Brother, what is up? Hey, Ryan, how are you doing today? Pretty good, man. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm over here in uh, in Berlin right now. So I know our times are different, but um, I think we're all uh, generally on the same wavelength, regardless of where we're from this week. So yeah. yeah, I think we're all kind of bored, stuck inside at the moment. I would assume you're the same over there. Hundred percent, man. Hundred um, percent. Today was actually our our test day. If we could prove that we weren't going to go out and party in the parks, then we don't have a mandatory quarantine on Monday. But we get an answer from the president here later tonight and she'll let us know if we have to go into a mandatory quarantine or if we can just chill like we're chilling how has it been working over there in terms of when, when this all started to go down what is your you know last week or two weeks when did this all start for you like the man like needing to stay inside or they're really watching it 
Um, for me personally, I mean, I, I'm a little bit behind than everybody else when it comes to wanting to believe things and stuff. So it started with um, joking about it and saying, oh, no, it's not real and kind of disregarding every every message that was thrown our way for like the first week. Uh, and then come the second week, it was like, okay, maybe this is a little serious. And um, now it's at the point where in my brain, at least, I, I am willing enough to uh, stay inside and not go make my music on the streets and things like that, not just for my safety, but also for the safety of the other people. And uh, I don't want to contribute to the reason why we have to go into a mandatory quarantine and things like that. Everybody's super chill, but it's, it's a little less aggressive than in the States when it comes to like purchasing a whole bunch of product and, yeah. and things like this. Um, Germans don't, uh, they don't, um, they buy groceries per day. So like they go in and they buy what they need for their meal. You know what I mean? And so, um, and when you get uh, used to that kind of living, then going and purchasing in bulk is not, you just don't know how to do it, you know? So no, not everybody's just buying in bulk uh, as they do in the States. Um, people are freaking out a little bit. Um, I live in a, in a very large city, so uh, things with, like, homeless services and stuff like this is uh, becoming a concern. But um, other than that, man, I think everybody's trying to keep a good attitude, um, and everybody's just... Uh, trying to figure out new ways and ways to be creative during these times. There was a video posted here from the city where a person was holding a, a workout aerobics class and all the people from the building were out on their patios uh, running in place and doing jumping jacks. Yeah. And it was really cool because I promise you that kind of camaraderie has never been shown before. Uh, and so it's bringing people together in ways that have never, that's never happened, which is what, what I'm noticing more than bad stuff. Yeah, I think that's definitely a pot. I think that's happening in in the United States also in terms of the the camaraderie that people are starting to have. I know I was at a at a restaurant slash bar last night, and the cops actually rolled up and shut it down. Um, yeah. and they made us close our tabs and leave. Everything's kind of getting shut down like that. What is it like? Yeah. You said people go and they're used to buying their groceries every day and not stocking up on things. So are they still going out every day, or, or are there a lot of things that are closed? Is there a lot of restrictions in terms oh. of people? We're, we're not at that point yet that could happen on Monday because nobody is listening. People uh, aren't stopping gathering together um, uh, because it's a, I mean, it's a, you can't see it. You know what I mean? This yeah. is, we're dealing with something we can't see. So it's very hard to convince our brains that uh, uh, we just got through a, a winter, you know, and now the sun's finally coming out and Berlin summers are amazing. And so uh, it's very hard to convince me that I shouldn't be in the park right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's very uh, it's very hard to tell my brain this. Um, it's a lot of the younger guys that are that are you know going out, but um, right right now right now we're okay. But um, in some countries like you know Spain and in Madrid, they're using drones now and stuff to monitor the streets, and um, they have had talks here about uh, monitoring our cell phones and um, cutting our signals if we leave our districts, which means that we wouldn't get cell phone communication outside of our like one mile little radius of where we live. So they're talking about um, some major, major type crackdowns. Yeah. I'm not concerned. Me personally, I'm not concerned about the virus. I'm concerned about the, uh, about the, the way we handle it and the way the government handles it towards us. Now you were, you were, I came across you 
on a video that someone actually shared on Facebook. It was you and you're in a subway and you're rapping and I loved it. Um, it, it was a good song. It ended up persuading me to, I looked you up on Spotify and I've listened to a few of your albums um, a lot, and a lot of your music. Um, so of course, that's how I found out that you are over there dealing with this now there, but you are originally from the States. Do you mind telling us where you grew? I read Denton, Texas. Um, is that where you were born and raised into a certain age or did you move around a lot? Yeah, I was born in, uh, in Houston uh-huh. and I, I, that's, that was my home base. But, um, I always say Denton because for, uh, a large part of my young adult life, I lived there, uh-huh. um, for about 10 years, um, from 18 to, uh, you know, 28 and what made, I left my trip. What, what so. made, what made you pack up and bounce basically? To be honest, I was, uh, doing a lot of drugs in Houston uh-huh. and I, I woke up one day when I didn't think I was supposed to wake up and I looked around at everything around me and I said, uh, Brian, you need to, you need to get out of here right now. And I packed up my car and I, I left Houston and in between Houston and Denton, I said, um, your life is at such a low point that you really, you can pursue any dream right now because it's better than what you're doing. And so I said, I'm going to be a rapper. And the first few nights I slept in my car, uh, on some random street in Denton. And then on the third night, there was a house party and the house party turned out to be a bunch of producers and rappers, uh, in the city. And, um, it was started from there. And is that where... Did, is that what brought you to Denton and then you were in Denton for a while or is that where you pet where you that's went? what brought me to Denton and I was in Denton for a while I, I started going to university there and uh, would try that on and off over some years and um, I was in the Navy uh, but I got kicked out of that after two and a half years mm. so Denton's always kind of been like my home base where I always go back to like once I was out of the parents house you know it was, it was like where all my friends were and where I grew up in a sense of actually growing up you know awesome being a kid and then what so what brought you overseas what brought me overseas was um, I had done a little bit of overseas travel uh-huh. already, um, and I found it extremely stimulating in my brain. Uh, I felt feelings in my body that I never felt traveling in the States, seeing signs in different languages or hearing uh, accents that I never heard before was very um, stimulating in my brain, and it, uh, it made me want to keep pursuing it. And as I started to think about it more and more, uh, I see I worked at a restaurant in Denton. When I started thinking about it more and more, some customers gave me a uh, two tickets for each ticket was $200 and I could go anywhere I wanted with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a ticket there and a ticket back, but I only took the ticket there. And you've, have you stayed, so, have you stayed ever since you left or do you periodically come back to the States? No, man, I've stayed ever since I left. Um, the, the reason before was because, uh, my biggest regret of leaving was leaving my dog behind, uh-huh. and but she just died uh, about a year ago, uh-huh. and I didn't want to go back because I leaving her was so was so difficult for me, yeah. and it's, it was something that I thought about a lot, and I didn't want to see her again to be honest because I felt I I felt like that that would have probably kept me back in the states, and I know it's a stupid thing, but I love my dog, you know. So no, I think every and, uh, I'm, and I'm sorry to hear. That. I think a lot of people have connections with their pets like that. I think that's that's normal. Yeah, you know that dog went through went through the whole process of me actually leaving <laughs> my yeah. city and becoming a rapper, and you know what I mean. My dog was there for me for uh, a lot of stuff, so that was actually a really big reason why I didn't go home because I didn't want to. Um, I, 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 I had gotten to a point where that attachment 
I was okay with the brokenness of the attachment. You know what I mean? And I just yeah. didn't want to bring it back. But now that she's dead, like I might go back now, but now I don't want to go back unless it's worth it. Like unless I can get a tour or something, you know? Yeah. So now you're, now you're over, you're over there, you're doing a music thing. I've had artists in the past and we've talked about how, you know, there's a lot of similarities between independent wrestling and independent music and things of that nature. A lot of us have to have, we have day jobs and things of that nature while you're overseas pursuing basically a career in the music industry are you having to do anything to financially support yourself other than music or are you able to make a living just doing music over there no i make a living um i make a living from my music and it, it started right off the get-go um my original plan when i had left was to save money and, and be sorted but once i started trying to put a balance on this trip and how i would actually make this work i realized that it was definitely uh, an impossible goal so by the time I ended up leaving, I only had $100 in my pocket, which uh -huh. only transferred over to about like 60 euros. Um, but I, I put myself in a situation where I had to use the skills that I knew how to use to try to make the money. Uh -huh. um, I originally started to sell CDs to people, but that wasn't working. So then a few months into that, I moved into the street performing as a means of necessity more than wanting to do it. Uh -huh. um, and then from there, I learned how to produce income from there. And now I've done it for so many years. I've increased my income um, to a, a level that I can never make just working a normal job. Um, and um, I forcefully put myself into that position because I didn't want to have the option of going to a job. And no offense to the people that, that, that do do that. You know what I mean? I understand life and, and yeah. things like this. Um, but for me, I... I know that I could see I was about to be a restaurant manager and I know that I could do that when I'm 50. I know that I can do that when I'm 60, but mm -hmm. I know that what I can't do is travel the world and make rap music. So I'm going to do that now and hopefully it works. Um, but um, if it doesn't, you know, I'm learning from what I'm doing now, how to go into the things that I want to do. And, and, and really what I am is just a guy that wants to live my life and do my own jobs. And I, I'm trying to figure out different ways to do that, you know? Yeah. So you're, are you're currently still, I, I, so you have albums, obviously they're online. They're, they're easy to find. Are you doing a lot of still street performing every day? Yeah, man. I mean, street performing is you make hundreds a day more so, than what I make from selling online. And you, and you do that. And then you, do you still sell the albums as well? Like while you're out there, I assume you have merch that maybe you carry 100%. around with you. And what, and what, yeah, yeah, 100%. what was that like initially getting into it? Cause I, and, and, and I'm not, I don't want to say anything. I don't, I don't think this would offend you. I would assume that being an American, um, part of, I think what's ingrained in our minds from when we're younger is that when you see someone on the street doing that, they're almost in a means of begging, you know what I mean? Um, and right. I, and I don't necessarily agree with that, but is that why, what were the challenges that you had to force yourself because you said you forced yourself to get into that what made you have to force yourself to get into that um i had that i had that uh overly protective mother who was willing to pay for my plane ticket home on days when i was hungry mm -hmm. and it was very hard it was very hard not to take that offer yeah. you know and um but i got to a point where i was in amsterdam and i'm sitting in this hotel room and i had gone out for a few days and i was really about to end my trip and I'd only been gone for a few months, and I told myself, man, Brian, like, um, don't quit yet. Don't give up now. And um, so I just got up, and I went outside, and I heard some musicians playing, and I asked them if I could play my beats and do some rap because I was really fucking hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, and and it I worked didn't out. Do good. It didn't work out. No, it didn't work out for the first three or four days. Um, I was horrible at it. Um, 
but I stayed with the boys and I stayed with them for the two weeks that they were in, in, in the dam. And, mm -hmm. um, by the end of the two weeks, I had mastered it almost to a sense where I had made enough money now to buy my own equipment and actually start doing my own thing. It started with, okay, now day one, I could, oh, I could pay for another nine hotel room. This is cool. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then the next day, it was like, oh, I can pay for a nine hotel room plus get some foods. And then the next night, I was like, oh, I can do all that plus have a little bit of savings. And then two weeks later, it was like, you know, eh, eh, this is how it was for me. Like, you're a wrestler. Yeah. So how nervous would you be to go into a restaurant right now and pick up a chair and smash it over a table just randomly? Oh man. It uh, would it would yeah, it'd no, be crazy to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's almost how it is when you grab a microphone on the streets because you're like going into people's zones with your art, which wrestling is an art too. So it's like you go in with your art and your creativity. Yeah. And you just disrupt the function of normal of normal society. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and it's very scary to do this because you don't know how people are going to react. Um, you don't know if you're so – one of my problems with being an American is sometimes I feel like maybe I'm overstepping my boundaries. Uh -huh. And I feel like I can do what I want. And I have to keep this in mind that I'm not making music outside of a church in Spain when they're trying to have a funeral. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Or, you know, like things like, things like this. Um, but making these mistakes and learning how to work with everybody and everything is stuff that you – that you learn over the years. But um, when it comes to art art or, or artistry, um, people all day will say, um, or being an independent artist, people will say, well, focusing on trying to get money is uh, is almost like selling out because you're taking away from your art. But no, I, I, I want to continue making my art for my whole life and let's be realistic if I want this to happen and I want to focus my full time on it, then I need to make some money off of it. So I think I've learned how to do that and I'm still learning how to do that. Yeah, I think when it comes to I don't I don't really I, I hate the term selling out because at the end of the day it's you've used and, and people even people that think that someone sold out whether it's signed to a record label or whatever, you use Yeah, it's bullshit. Like if I was your friend and you signed to a major wrestling label, uh I would congratulate you. I wanna see you succeed as a friend. I wanna see you do better with your with your with your life and stuff. So it's like you know what I mean? Like it's uh it's the same with me. Like I don't see it as selling out and I don't see it's almost it's almost different because like you said, people assume the street music is begging. And um, what I try to show, I mean, there's two types of street musicians. Yeah, there's ones that do do it for the small change, and there's ones that do that do it to build a brand and form, uh, you know, form a a name around that. And that's mm -hmm. what I have done. Um, I don't consider it begging. You don't have to stop if you don't want to. You don't have to give me money if you don't want to. And I'm providing you something back. A lot of people don't consider music as a form of providing something back, but it is. And uh, so I'm giving, I'm giving back. And so I don't think it's begging. You know, one of the most light comments on that viral video was uh, meth is a hell of a drug. Uh -huh. And that's so fucked up to me because like, I don't do drugs and I don't, um, I don't uh, in my brain, I don't consider myself even associating with that, but I could see how dressed in joggers, you know, sitting in a subway station, it could, you know, uh, shaking back and forth with high energy, one could assume that. But it's, um, I'm trying to move away from that uh, and and post more things that show the luxury lifestyle side of street music and uh, independent artistry more yeah. than the struggle. I think we, as independent artists, tend to focus on that as a struggle, like uh, we'll rap for food, we'll wrestle for food type shit, you know? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that um, 
I would be lying if I didn't tell you that I made good money. I just spend it on the wrong things. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's not that I don't make it good. And I, I, what I want to do is to try to show that to the people, to inspire them. So on my Instagram, I've been posting things. When I make over 400 a day, I'll post it. You know what I mean? And I'll, I'll show me putting the change through the machine and, and things like this. And it's, it's to show the people that um, you can do what you want and that I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making doctor's money, you know what I mean? So it's like, uh, and not to brag, but also, yeah, to brag because I'm an independent artist, you know what I mean? So, well, you definitely want to show, you, know, you want to show that you're having success. And I didn't, and, and, and I, I never said anything about, I don't consider you a beggar or anything. I, I, I'm talking about the negative connotation that I have in terms of you having what challenges you had to get through your mind to get out there and do that. I think it's great. I, and I believe the providing a service, you are providing a service. If people want to pay you, they stop, they listen to it, they like it, enjoy it. And they're going to go tell people about it. They're going to remember that experience. And then hopefully right. they're compensating you monetarily. Cause obviously you're out there doing that for work. How, how has it been with the reaction you talked about, you know, you don't want to stand outside a church and do something while they're having a funeral. And I'm sure that you had to learn while you were overseas because I lived in South Korea for a year. So there's there's buildings that look different and some kind sometimes you can't tell what something is inside. And it's almost like, oh, shit. Or I, I was in I, I'm I'm active duty military as well as wrestle. Now, I've, I've been overseas and accidentally walked into a mosque. I didn't know that that's what it was from the outside. And the, with that, your shoes on. Yeah. And it's a bad look. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, yeah. so have you ever had experiences while you were out there that were negative? Like, like you're sitting there trying to do um, your thing and, and you get a negative 100%, response? bro. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I, I don't know how, what audience listens to your podcast, but I've had people, um, poop in my bucket you what know the what fuck? I mean? uh, on top of my money, you know? So I've had it all. Like I really, 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 um, and that's that's extreme, but it's true. You know what I mean? A lady didn't like what I was doing, and she just took a shit on top of my stuff. How do you, you – know? did you oh. did you continue what you were doing? Did you stop and say, what the fuck? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I quit making music for about a week. God damn. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you what – <laughs> Yeah, I, I, said, I, I said, that's too much, man. That's too much. Uh, I've, been, I've been knocked out. I've been, I've been sucker punched just out of the blue um, while rapping um, because people didn't like it. Um there is negative response, hundred yeah. um, percent. Some of the negative response I get is from people who tell me to go get a job, or I feel like they're ex-musicians who just didn't pursue what they wanted to do, and they kind of hold that against me. Uh, two Saturdays ago, we got two two amplifiers, two trolleys, a microphone, and a guitar taken from us from the police. They just took it from um, you. Yep. <laughs> yep. And it, I guess is they that... have a kids. Birthday coming up or something? Is that is it is what you're doing considered illegal? Do you need a permit? Is it or are they just being uh, there's dickheads? no permit for what I do? It's it's 100 percent illegal. Yeah, it's 100 percent illegal. Yeah, it's 100 percent illegal. But um, just the, like you're doing a podcast with me, the news covers what I do also, mm-hmm. um, and the news doesn't interview the drug dealers. So I don't think that what I'm doing is illegal because if it was, then I wouldn't be getting praise from the media yeah you know what i mean they don't say oh mr john today broke into a house let's you know what i mean like no yeah. they don't praise negative yeah. things so yeah. um it is illegal but i understand it because if i can do it then so can you and you might not be the best rapper you know what i mean so um you know you don't want to saturate the streets with a whole bunch of crap you know but um there, there are challenges man but just like with with your profession 
like you asked me if I see that like what negative stuff happens. I don't see any negative stuff because I'm so goal driven to yeah. be honest. Like I'm so I'm so goal driven that I don't recognize negative stuff as negative stuff. Um, I consider it like okay, that lady took a shit on my money. That's the universe telling me to change my spot where I'm rapping right now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like like uh, you know uh, uh, oh this guy you know like if I it it. For years, I didn't make money from my stuff. So if if doing it for other people was my uh, my reasoning, I would have you, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. I would have quit uh, years ago. You know, I do it for I do it for me, and I do it making. I, originally, it was to make to make money to survive. But once I got the hang of it, now it's my therapy. Yeah, and now it's my out, my outlet to not go crazy on the world. Um, I will pace around my room for like an hour until I say, Brian, get out of your room. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're going crazy here. Get out. And that's when I grab my speaker box and I go outside. So what is uh, your, when you, when yeah. you go, when you go out there, do you have a, you know, you're living in Berlin and that's, a, I've never been to Berlin. I've been to Frankfurt and that's to stay. They made me stay in the airport on transitioning to another country. Um, so I've never had an oh. opportunity to explore Germany, but you know, I imagine Berlin's a huge city. Are you going to a different spot every day? Tell tell us what is what is uh, I don't want to say day in the life because or for example a day in the life of a street artist like yourself who's also has albums out and I know you have an album release party at some time later in the year hopefully as long as it does get pushed off. Yeah. But in terms of your day to day going out on the street trying to make money, what are you doing for? your spots do you have certain places that you hit do you wake up and go out at eight do you wait till four is it different all the time what is the yeah. day in the life like for you um i'm very about doing what i want when i want and um i've gotten like that because of forming my own business and i feel like it's one of the privileges of being self-employed um and being independent of which course. is um i'm not I'm not, to be honest, when someone asks me to go out and make music, I usually don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when someone's like, hey, you're going to come out today? I like, I won't tell them which spot I'm going to because um, I don't like to be, feel like I'm expected to go do anything for anybody. I, I do it because I want to. Yeah. Um, and that's really like that with my music because like I said, it's my medicine. So it can only be done when I feel like I need to do it and in the spots I need to do it. Some days... I feel like going out and playing in subway stations where there's nobody, but I just want the acoustics of the building, you know, and I just want to sit there and I just want to scream, you know, and I just want to uh, release and I don't want anybody there, but I want to be louder than I can be in my house, you know, yeah. and, uh, um, you know, some days it's all about the money. So I go to the zombie zones, I call them, where it's all tourists and, um, you know, um, the, the party isn't there, but the money's there, but they're robots, you know, and, um, or, uh, and you, you have to build relationships over the years, man, you know, like, you know, so like if you can sit in the spot for, for an hour and make a hundred euros, that's pretty good real estate. So there are other people competing for the spots, yeah. uh, homeless people, beggars, um, things like this. You have to, uh, I remember, um, there was a group of, uh, homeless guys under this particular bridge, uh, where a lot of traffic was with tourism. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, at first they were nice to me and they told me, no, I couldn't play there. And uh, so I, I respected it. And the next day I came back with some uh, a KFC family bucket 
and I shared uh, some chicken with, with all of them. And from that point forward, I got to play in the spot. Now I saw another musician come up there and um, try to play, and they told him no, and he told them to fuck off, and they broke his MacBook oh, Jesus. right there. You got to, res- yeah. even uh, though they're homo, you got to respect their territory. You know what I mean? If that's if they're the ones that are, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. You know, like, yeah, yeah, and 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 um, so you have to build relationships with these people because they are people, and it is money spots, and so you will fight for them. You know what I mean? Like it's, um, you know, I have, I had a situation a few days ago with a restaurant who came out and threatened uh, me, and uh, you know, I. I I don't know what what I what I can do about it, and I'm not gonna try to sound like a gangster, but like I I, I can't I can't have somebody tell me no. I'm only here for an hour, and I can make a hundred euros here. Like I'm gonna stay here. We're gonna need to figure out how to make this work together. Yeah, because it's good money, and you can't just let it slide like that. You know, like you have to stand up for your for your spot. So yeah, all day people try to beat me down, but I think that's anybody who's in independent anything. Like all day you're gonna have people tell you no, you can't do this or no. Blah blah blah, but we have to be fighters, and not in an actual sense of fighting. But we have to. I mean, if 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 we stopped every time someone told us we couldn't do something, you're where never, would we be with, in our with, you're with not our world? Do you're not you know, gonna do shit. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, fighting fighting at one point was considered bad. You know what I'm saying? And now it's considered a sport. Like there was a there was a flip over, and there, you know it's, um, you know, but people kept on doing it and showed that there was a need for this kind of entertainment. And it's the same with what I do with music and. Um, you can take my stuff all you want. You can tell me no all you want, but I'm gonna keep doing it because you know I get messages every day from people saying that I've saved their lives. Yeah. And 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 um, you know whether it be from this video or whether it be from them having a shitty day at work and walking by and seeing a dude sitting on the ground. You know, you said like you lived in South Korea. Um, it's the same here in Germany. One of the things that I think wrestling uh, and hip hop, like what I do, has in common is the visual aspect. Sure. And so I learned in countries where people don't speak English that I had to show them more than speak my words. So that's why I sit down because I want to provide a visual picture of what I'm trying to explain to my audience. And they see this and they might not even hear what I'm saying, but they can understand what I'm saying just by visually looking at me. And it impacts their day and it changes their day. I had a. A guy texted me one day and said, um, hey, I'm a shitty guy. I go home, I beat my wife, and I beat up my kids, and it's been like that for years, and I'm just a shitty guy. I'm not – that's how it is. And he said, but I heard you for the first time uh, making music, and I really liked it, and I went home, and I started talking to my wife about it, and she had seen you also. And he said that that whole night they spent having a conversation about me and then it turned into music. And then he said it was the first night in a few years that he actually sat down with his wife. And it was the first night in a few years that he kissed his kids and said that he loved them. Um, And it was all impacted because of what I was doing. And um, so, yeah, you can tell me to stop all you want. But when I hear stories like that, um, I'm not stopping, bro. You know? Yeah, it makes it to the point where if you know – People might look at you negative and you you can realize that in your mind or even out loud, you could tell them to fuck off because what you're doing really has a greater I mean, it's impact. The, it's the same with wrestling, man. Like you stand there in a, in a little speedo and we can see your package and you run yeah. around and you, you know, fight, fight with, 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 with other dudes in a comical style. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and people, but, but you know how many thousands of fucking kids look up to you, man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and are inspired by what you do so so yeah so maybe some old guy thinks that wearing a speedo and and doing that kind of stuff is um you know not cool or whatever but 
look at all the people that think it is. You know what I mean? Look at all the people that aspire. So, so I, I, so I think if anybody understand it, it, w- it would be you. When it's like, hey, who, who cares what we're doing? Because yeah. it is affecting people, and maybe not everyone sees that, but you see that, and I see that, and the people in these professions who get these messages say, hey, I was bullied as a kid, I got into sports, now I'm a wrestler, blah, 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 you know what I mean? And, and you know, things like this, it, it, it inspires, man, and it, e- even if it doesn't inspire them directly, if they've had a shitty day and they can go home and just take their mind off of something and watch something that they want to watch or listen to something they want to listen, then we've done our job too, you know what I mean? And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm never going to stop, and, and that's that's for sure, as a... And that's the biggest challenge, though, is as being a self-employed person and being uh, independent on your independent grind. It's it's learning how to stay disciplined, and it's learning how to have um, you know multiple skill sets. Yeah, for not, sure. Not just being able to rap, but being able to send an email or talk a business deal. Um, you know, um, we're in leadership positions where people look up to us, whether we want it or not, and we have to. Um, understand that and i think that we have to learn how to work that towards our advantage but definitely never quit that's for sure yeah i had a lot of especially right now we're going through something that the world as a whole has never went through and one of the things you were talking about in terms of you inspire for everybody for everyone that hates or dislike what i do or what you do you know there might be a hundred people that like it so it makes it worth it and 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 the person's opinion doesn't matter I've recently uh, changed what I do wrestling wise and introduced a new gimmick. And the reason for that was because I tore my triceps. I can't wrestle anyway. So prior to the whole coronavirus slash COVID-19 outbreak that's, that's going on right now, I already couldn't travel and wrestle. So I needed something. Number one, I needed something for me to do. Like how you said, you know, you'll pace around a room until you force yourself to go outside. I found myself you know, home, I got a wife and two kids. And it's not that I dislike doing family stuff. I love doing family stuff. I love doing things with them. But you know, my lifestyle has been traveling around wrestling on the weekend when I'm not at work Monday through Friday. So it's- and to be fair, the reason that you have a stable family is because you do have that outlet. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? you're, you're not you're not forced to stay in your brain isn't going crazy. Right. And I found myself right. I found myself thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And with the poli- right. with the whole political thing going on right now in terms of the election, I was like, all right, I'm going to change myself. I'm going to become a politician. I can do this from home. I can record these videos. They could be serious. There could be some comedy. But I can provide content that doesn't require me to go to a wrestling ring. And I can keep myself current. So I started doing that. And then this whole outbreak stuff started happening, and all the wrestling shows now are canceled. There's no wrestling shows in the country, probably a, a good chunk of the world, for the next four weeks, maybe up to eight weeks, and you know, hopefully not longer, but potentially longer. Whereas I'm still able to generate content. So I have people messaging me now saying, dude, I'm, I'm having a rough day. Or I can't go to work. You know, There's all this negativity in the news, but I know when you upload a video even though it's only going to be a minute and a half or two minutes long, they're, they're like campaign videos, you know, they'll watch them and they're like, this is the best thing I've seen all week. And that's what motivates me to, it doesn't matter if I have to stay inside. It doesn't matter if it seems shitty because the bar is closed and I can't do it. I still have something that I can go do that I know is going to positively impact, you know, hundreds or thousands of people that are going to watch it. And then that keeps the drive going. And I would assume that it sounds like it's the same for you. You know, you know, you're going to have, it is, but, 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 but I also don't want to, 
forget the selfishness part of it. Well, yeah. Um, at, the end of, at the end of the day, it's it's I say it's to inspire people, and and it is, but it's 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 mainly to inspire me. To well, for me, for what I do, it inspires me because it, it makes me feel like now I have a worth where when I'm hurt and I was doing what I was doing before in wrestling, right. I I can't do anything. So I needed to create something. Now, in terms of and, the, and you, you want to set a goal and accomplish it, you as a human being, you want to hit these little goals that you exactly, set in your life exactly. That you're happy, so. And when we talk about the selfishness of it, my selfishness with this is okay. Eventually, I'm going to be healed and I'm going to be ready to return to wrestling, not just making these videos. Now I need to go in and it's time to take this to the performance level. And hey, here's some things that need to happen to make this work. And I'm going to have to be selfish with you know dealing with promoters and stuff where no i can't do that because if i do that that's going to shit on everything i've just been doing the last three months this needs to go this direction and this is the this is the end goal for it and the end goal for me you know is getting more and more bookings uh through wrestling obviously and then selling merchandise and things like that that relate to the gimmick and and same for you in, in today's world when there's so many ways to contact the people that you look up to the ones that don't respond, people are not giving a fuck on anymore. And mm-hmm. people are trying to – people care about your wrestling, yeah, but they are also care about Ryan. You know what I mean? And they they, they want to they know you as a person. I think your fans um, also have that right. And I think, I think that people are becoming smart enough, and there's so much content out there that we don't have to listen to stupid shit. Like we don't have to listen to little Yachty all day. We can find an intellectual rapper to listen to if that's what we choose. And I think so people – and, and people also know the difference now between entertainment and reality. Uh, same with wrestling. Before yep. it used to be um, this was real, but then it turned into, okay, no, it's not. And then the brand had to turn into, okay, they know it's not. How do we use this towards our advantage to still keep it the same? You know what I mean? And, and this is um, – this is um, oh, fuck. I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> but, like, this – yeah, it's. It, I don't know how I'm trying to compare this, but it's. Um, what was I saying? It's just keeping it. It's keeping the product current and moving, even though you, you, there's right, that. Right, there, right, there's and, a and, and now we're, right. And, and but now we're we're moving into actually who's the person? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. with with wrestling, they moved out of just wrestling into now doing skits. You know what I'm saying? And providing a character behind the behind the wrestler. Before it was just the names. You know what I mean? And and. Through years of development, I think that they've learned. Okay, now we can build stories behind these people, and we, this is what people are interested in: is the stories of the of the people that they're following. And the easiest story to tell is the real one, in my opinion. So course. for me, um, doing podcasts like this and just putting out who I am as a person is very important because, you know, I want people to um, to to understand who I am. And that goes back to the beginning, which is I want them to not just see me as a guy who sits in a subway station or who has videos where there's junkies all around me, because um, there are, because I sit in these places, but that doesn't mean I'm like that. I want them to get to know who I am as a person and see what I do. And yeah, I'm a little weird and a little crazy, but um, you know, showing them that side of me too is a sacrifice I make to get um, you know more um, people. Yeah, you, like you, so, had, you had... Uh talked about the the people wanting to have more of a a connection i think social media definitely helps out with that in terms of there there's not just you know back in the 80s and the 90s and this would be the same for you know hip-hop and rap and stuff like that you know you used to go buy an album when i grew up i listened to i listened to all different kinds of music but you know we would go to tower records we would buy a cd we would listen to it and the only connection you had to anyone really outside of that album was 
if MTV, when they actually played music, had some sort of TV show on them or, you know, going and buying magazines was a big deal. And then as the Internet and social media and MySpace and all this slowly came about, now we don't have that. You know, magazines, they kind of suck now. It's now it's not as on demand as online. And people right. had the internet to go to now. And then along with the internet comes social media where you actually have, you know, you as a person and me as a person on these pages and people could directly connect. And maybe, you know, we can't answer every single message, but I know I can put up a post at this bar I'm at and you can see it and you can understand what kind of lifestyle I live outside of wrestling if I choose to post it. And you give people that direct connection, which ties people in to like you more as a person and understand you as a person and hopefully make them want to respect you and support your craft even if they don't necessarily they didn't necessarily like that craft so much they learn what you're going through in life and that makes them want to support you regardless because they know you're working hard at what you're doing 100 like how many times i mean how many times does a big artist drop a song that sucks and all people do is talk shit yeah you know what i mean i don't want i mean i know that i'm not going to make the best songs all the time but i want people to support me through all of it yeah for sure what now you <laughs> well, you you had brought I want up support me through my through my mistakes and through my triumphs exactly you, you know you... and you know also with um with 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 that being said um and something that you can focus on too with with uh, what you want to do is um it's the thousand fan theory do you know that no, I've never heard that. So the thousand fan theory is if you can get a thousand people to spend a hundred euros with you over the course of a year, you'll make a hundred K. And so, um, in our, in our audience groups, so many of us try to aim for the world and we try to impress large numbers, but why don't you focus that down, try to connect individually with a thousand people, uh-huh. gain their loyalty and then start producing income just from these people. And okay. So it might not happen overnight and it might not happen in a year, but a hundred thousand euro a year business doesn't perform overnight anyways. So, you know, maybe it takes three years to do that, but adding that personal touch to, to the people that already support you is so important because you need them to continue to support you through all your stuff, through your injuries and through mm-hmm. your, through your, through your, through your times, you know, and um, with these big artists, if, they don't have that connection with the people. Therefore you only see them. Maybe they make a million in a year, but then you never hear about them again. True. You know, and, um, that's fine. But I think that if you're, you know, the type of guy that does pace around the room because you get bored of them, you're never going to, you're not going to settle on just being a one hit wonder. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, so I think that gaining this loyalty and having this personal connection is so important. And what I'm spending my time doing now during this whole virus is sending these connections. I'm sending personal uh, video messages to random fans, just checking up on them and asking how they're doing. And the mm-hmm. response that I'm getting from doing this is amazing. Like, holy shit, Ipidelics, you messaged me. Like, for me, it's nothing. I'm sitting here with my phone in my hand. What can, You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, and, and what that does, though, is that that gets that person to talk about me all day. It gets that person to spend their money with me, you know, and, and, and this is what I need in order to survive as an independent artist. So with that being said, I've stopped caring what people think. I've stopped focusing on big numbers. I've stopped focusing on um, trying to do things and create content that is mass appealing um, and just um, – and, and that's why I don't care if I drop stuff that's not cool some days or I spit freestyle bars that I mess up on or can't do it so well. Mm. I still release it because I want to gain loyalty from the people and I want them to see me in all, in, in, in all my forms. And 
through this, I'm going to gain the, it's only a thousand people. I'm going to get the thousand people that I need to spend a hundred euros with me every year. What is that? Two CDs, two CDs, two t-shirts and a show, you know? Yeah. When, when you, and you, you just mentioned shows. I was actually wondering as you were saying that if you do a lot of, you know, obviously you go out and you do the street performing stuff. Are you doing a lot of venue type shows also, or are you just doing stuff on the street? Yeah. Right now? yeah. No, see, and, and that, yeah, no, I do, uh, I do a lot of, a lot of venues. Um, I also do motivational speaking for big companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few months ago, I did a huge, um, I did a huge, uh, I did a huge, um, thing with booking.com uh-huh. and, um, I did, um, I spoke to the, like half of their company. They all flew them to Amsterdam and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I flew them to Amsterdam and uh, did a big talk with motivation and things like this um, with all the, all the things. So do you so. do you sit there and will you line up, you know, X number of dates, like tour, almost like a tour, or is it just stuff that comes along? Like, how how is that different? You know, I'm I'm really big into music, but I'm in the states, so you know, a lot of my favorite bands or musicians, they'll come out with a tour schedule, and it's going to be two months, three months, whether it's smaller venues, venues, bigger venues. Are you doing stuff like that as well, like an actual Infidelics tour, or is it just you know every Friday night? Maybe there's a a club that you're at. Um, no, I I I do get bookings. And through these bookings, um, I try to book other stuff. Like if someone wants to book me in Scotland, I'll say, oh, I'm in Scotland. Let me try to book something in the UK. Uh-huh. Um, so I do this kind of stuff, but um, mostly it's from external bookings coming in. So I get that just by providing the content. Okay. You know what I mean? So like I provide the content for free, but what comes out of that is the bookings, which pay the money. True. You know? And have you considered uh, or you've looked into potential like taking bookings or some sort of tour throughout the United States? Or is that something that you're trying to pursue? Um, I had to put a note on my door so people wouldn't knock. I live in a I live in an eight story building of artists. <laughs> so we're all in quarantine together, if you can imagine that. Damn. Um, so people are knocking on my door, but I put a sign up there. Um, so with bookings, um, I have a thrill of doing everything and this is one of the reasons why i like to be independent yeah it's very hard for me to give up control of what i do to other people i feel like they don't work as hard as i can work for myself and with that being said one of the things i love to do is book tours and book shows for me um a because it is a good source of income but b as an artist i feel like i have no reason to travel unless it's for my work you know what I mean? It's probably like you, like you probably could not like, you know, go to Miami when you know, like, fuck, I could be wrestling right now yeah. in Miami. You know yeah. what I mean? Have my, have my hotel room paid for and have a get paid and also be on holiday, you know? So yep. it's very hard for me to um, go places without a show. So therefore I like to book shows. I don't want to go to America and book one show for me. I have to have a whole tour, um, but I'm not currently at the level where i could go and sell out venues like that so i want to hold off till i am and then when i am come down and do a tour you know so that that's definitely something that i think will be interesting if you get around and do that i definitely feel a similarity that you mentioned when you talk about being able to do your own thing that's one of the coolest parts about being an independent wrestler is that you know i have control of my character i can say whether i want or not want to do something when it comes to coming in if, if somebody wants to book me and we talk about what it is that i'm going to be doing if i don't want to do it i could say all right fuck you i'm not contra- i'm not contractually obligated to do that i don't have to go there and do that so I'd imagine, yeah, like with music, you if you're not signed to a major record label, they can't make you go 
perform anywhere. They can't make you do anything. And then I believe that no one, like you said, no one is going to care as much about your career as you. So if you're with a major label and there's someone else booking your shows or taking care of those things, they're not going to give a shit as much as you. All they're going to care about is numbers coming in and whether those are happening or not. And they're not going to give a shit. Is that, am I, am I kind of on the right path? That's that's, that's cool. That's cool. But then what happens is you get the artists who are super depressed because they feel like they're worthless because they're not doing shit. Yeah. They're just getting everything. And, and this is, this is great because you might cover more ground or you might produce more income, but you lose the sense of hitting those goals on your own. Cause you're not and actually doing it. No, you have somebody pushing you out on stage to play in front of 10,000 people, then go backstage and get fucked up again. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you're not, you're, you're turned into a robot, you know, a provider of service. Uh, instead of somebody who's got a passion for something and somebody who's inspired to do something. And for me, I love pushing myself to the next level. I love trying to get things that others would say is impossible, you know? So you, uh, you enjoy the hustle and the grind of it. I enjoy proving to myself that I can do things that I thought I couldn't do. Yeah. No, I you know, I never thought I'd be a street rapper. You know what I mean? Um, I never thought I'd travel around and do this kind of stuff. Uh, I never thought I'd be on, you know, some of the interviews I've been on or play some of the big shows I played on or met some of the people I've met. Um, but it's all because I've thought that I could do it in my head and I wanted to prove to myself that I could. So have you ever been, have you ever been, uh, offered any sort of like record deal or anything like that through what you, what you're currently to be honest, doing? No, man, I've never been offered a record deal. And one of the, I live right down the street from universal music, you uh-huh. know what I'm saying? Which is crazy. Um, but one of the reasons I was told that I haven't been, from somebody who works there was uh, because they don't think I want it. And it's very hard to teach an old dog new tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've lived so long as an independent artist that making that switch, they know that I would want too much control, I think. Oh, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm also at a point, man, where I'm 34 years old now, and I need, I do need the help. And if I could get a record contract, I would take it. Mm-hmm. Would um, you, if you, if you were to get it, what kind of control would you want? Like how, how, how much would you be willing to give up to get that? I think nowadays record labels aren't like they used to be because uh-huh. now we don't need them. So they're having to adapt a lot to our, our needs and requests. Mm-hmm. But I would like, I mean, I'm even talking down to just a small loan of like 10 K to produce an album and then it gets paid back over time plus whatever. And I send you all my songs and you can pick and choose which ones you like but i i get to make the songs and make the beats and work with the people i want to work with how are you how are you but current? i would like access to the network you know what i'm saying like if you could wrestle hulk Hogan right now that'd be badass but in yeah. order to do that you need to be signed right so yeah like, yeah how, how do you go about um doing your music now so if, if you're going to record an album are you just going in and paying for studio time you are you sitting at home making all the beats and then bringing that with you how, how so i have producers I, I have i have producers that work with me and i don't do any of my own recording uh-huh. um Reason is is because I think that uh, other people have focused a lot longer on that kind of stuff than I I have. I'm a I'm a traveler. I'm a like I'm I, I like rap for me is so real in a sense of like I don't even call myself a rapper. I'm just Brian, and like I don't like to work and I like to make rap. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like with that being said, like I don't I don't um, even know what I'm doing. You know, to to stay independent or or make music or live the life i'm living i'm just doing me so will you changes all the time will you make your beats you make the beats that you rap to no i have producers man like thankfully because of that viral video a lot of people have joined my team and now i have a team of motivated people that are uh, 
inspired to want to work with me. I'm very thankful for this. That's awesome. And, and so what is that process? They'll make it and send it to you and you'll just listen. And if you find one or two or will you, do you do Does a lot of it most of the time seem to be stuff that you like and then you'll just write? You'll write it out what you want to do? And um, then... I'm very, very weird, man. Like I'll wake up one day liking something and the next day I'll think it's shit, you know? Yeah. Um, it was so easy to do this podcast, but there's been people that I've wanted to do a podcast with me for two years and I've just not done it. And there really, I have no reason why I like what I like and don't what I don't or like what I do on certain days and don't what I don't on other days. It's very, there's no set, there's no algorithm here. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's just, um, it's just how I'm feeling in the moment when I'm feeling it. Uh, do I like this beat? Yeah. Do I not like your beats for the next year? That can happen too. Then do I all of a sudden I like all the beats that I told you were shit before? Yeah, that can happen too. You know, like, you know, it's, it, it changes all the time. Um, but thankfully I have enough guys that I can, you know, have enough selection and um, really pick what I like to, to, to pick to make me, you know? I think it's definitely motivating that you have the, the attitude that you have is very like, is it to me inspiring. Cause it, it's definitely like a, you're going to do you, you're going to live life the way that you want to live life. You, you dropped everything to go pursue something that you didn't know if you were going to succeed or not. You're obviously successful at it because you're living and that's how you make your living. Uh, so that's definitely something I mean, that's pretty badass and cool. But like what tells you inside to be something like nothing ever inside of me would tell me to pursue wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Um, nothing inside of you would ever tell you to be a street rapper. Mm -hmm. So what in our brains and our chemicals? Yeah. Like what, what creates these ideas? Because, because your I don't think your parents wrestled. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. um, my parents definitely didn't make street rap. So the nature versus nurture shit. Like I don't know. But what makes us think that the things that we want to do are possible? I think that that's a very important thing that we should listen to within ourselves that most people don't. Because it might seem crazy. It might seem crazy to want to become a wrestler. It is fucking crazy to want to become a wrestler. But same with what I do. But something inside of you, and a normal human being, because I imagine you think you're normal, and I do too, mm -hmm. something told us that this kind of shit is possible. And I don't think that our brains are going to lie to us. And I think that the reason our brains do make us have these feelings but also make us have these feelings in such unique ways to where I could, like I said, I could never be a, a wrestler. Mm -hmm. But for some reason in your brain, you say that this is possible. That for you to even have that idea, when so thousands of people would never have that idea, for you to even have that idea, to not pursue it, in my opinion, is stupid. To not, to sit there and think that, hey, okay, I'm injured right now, maybe I should make a podcast. To have that idea out of the blue and when thousands of other people have no interest whatsoever to make a podcast, to have that idea and then just disregard it, I think that that's how you fail. I think, you know? it, I think how you, when you do that and you don't do something that you want, you're doing yourself an injustice. I, I've talked about this multiple times when it came to wrestling. You know, I, I started out playing football. Um, I play. I was supposed to go play football in college, didn't go, joined the Air Force, ended up playing semi-pro, and then I went to be a drill instructor, and that kind of fell out the window. Um, and I saw an right. opportunity to get involved in wrestling, and I used to watch wrestling all the time as a child with my father, and we would talk about it, and then my dad passed away. And the year, the, right. the same year my dad passed away, it was about five months later, I told my wife, I said, I've always wanted to do this, 
And if I if I, I feel like I could be successful at it, and even if I'm not, I could not live with myself when I'm in my 50s or 60s when it's too late and sit there and wonder, what if I would have tried that? So that's why I started doing it because I know that I would be upset with myself, you know, 30, 40 years down the line if if I just never attempted it. And I think right, and 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 whatever you know, whatever we decide to do in our lives, right? Like it pushes us to the next level. So even being a drill instructor was needed and necessary in your life, I think, to push you to where you are now. And so mm-hmm. even if things don't, you know, I got kicked out of the military. I, I lit up a joint on the boat. Um, <laughs> That's a quick way to go. <laughs> I, I wanted to get, I wanted to leave, and they they weren't. Um, kicking me out i i'm i'm openly gay also and i i this is back in the military times when you couldn't be and i mm-hmm. even used that uh to try to get out and they were like we've known that for years brian <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. and uh uh so i took drastic measures to get to do what i needed to do to get kicked out i smoked out the boat um and um it worked but i'm saying and even then though like you know at that time when I was so young, thinking in my brain, like, Brian, you really fucked up and your life is ruined now. Because everyone was telling me uh, that I would never be able to find a normal job or I would never be able to um, do things. Because you, you understand, especially brainwashing and how yeah. if you're in the military for 30 years, you really feel like there, there's nothing else. But in fact, when you're in the military for 30 years, you can't do nothing else because now you're so into the lingo and the lifestyle that you yeah. can't transition, you know? But, and plus, I mean, if you're um, in that, if they're in that long, you're rolling on 50 or something and it's like, well, who the fuck wants to hire you? <laughs> like, Yeah, nobody will. Nobody will because you cuss every two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, 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 but what I'm trying to say is that at, at that point in my life, the feeling that I had in my body was to join the military. So I did it. Did it work out? No. Did it push me to the next stage that I needed to get to? Yes. You know what I mean? So constantly in my life, things are working out and not working out. But if a feeling in my body tells me to do it and it's a reasonable request that's not, you know, breaking the law, then I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? And, I, and I'm going to pursue it. And yeah. so maybe I'm crazy, but something told me and maybe people don't understand me. But something told me that pursuing a life of overseas travel and rapping on the streets was what my purpose was. And, um, you know, I'm not a religious person, but I can also say that through exploring what my body and brain has told me that I should be doing, I have seen crazy things happen because of this. And I've seen unexplainable things take place in my journey because I have chosen to take these risks. And it's almost to a point where it's like I'm I'm understanding now that that I'm doing what I want or doing what I need to be doing in my life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like when you have an idea to do something, it's the people that it's the people that don't take the risks, that don't do the things that their mind is trying to tell them to do the ideas that pop in. Because like you said, if you think it or you believe you can do something, or the idea to attempt something comes in your brain, then I think that's like your mind and your body telling you maybe that's what you're here for yeah. and that's what you need to try. Okay, we, well, we do it with our with our relationships. Oh, sorry, keep talking. Well, I, what I was going to say is you. there's a lot of people that just won't because of the maybe the fear of failure or the fear of the unknown, so they won't do it, and then they don't learn those life lessons and they're just stuck in a rut, you know, they'll be 40, 50 years old and they will, they will have no story to tell. You know what I mean? There, a, a Wikipedia article on them would not be fucking interesting. It'd be three lines long. He was born, he lived and he died. I, I want, right. you know, I want a page. I want a fucking book 
to have to be written if you were to explain my life. And I would assume right. you know, it sounds and, like you're the same. Right. And I mean, everyone's life goes to the direction it's supposed to go to. Um, you, you, know, you found you found love. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't. And it's not that I haven't um, been looking for it. It's just I haven't felt it. And you you did with your wife for a reason. And it created what it did. And so I think that. And, and that's funny, though, because when it comes to, like, that kind of stuff, like, so many people will take that risk when it comes to, like, their girl or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then they don't take it with anything else in their life, you know? Like, they don't they don't use that same desire or passion that they had in those moments and apply it towards other things. Well, that's a, that's a, know, whole, like, that's a whole society thing. I feel like society tells you now when you're a kid, you know— you're born, you go to school, you get an education, you get a, you have a family, you raise your family and then you die. Nowhere, nowhere in that, in, in the general upbringing. And I think this is wrong, but nowhere in there does, are you taught when you're younger? Hey, if you get an idea, you need to attempt it. If, if you, you should go take risks. No one really teaches like operational risk management, like the military does, you know, assess the risk, see what you're going to do and, and look at the possible outcomes. A lot of people are quick to think of something and realize, oh no, that's a risk. And I was not brought up to take risks, so I'm not going to do it. Whereas, you know, with relationships and stuff like that, you're taught, like you almost, people in their mind think I have to get married. I have to have a family. That's how you're, that's how people are raised. But you're not raised told, I have to go out and try different things. I have to try and be different. I have to try and be successful on different levels to entertain people or to provide something for people. You're only taught to provide for your family. That's why there's so many people stuck right. in a generic nine to five pushing paper across a desk. And then they sit home all weekend and maybe, you know, have a have a beer before they go to bed, but they don't they don't do anything. A lot of people I've used this a lot in the past. Your average, your average American male, you know, is going to work nine to five, and the only thing special he's ever going to do is go play softball on the weekend with his friends. Then that's it. And yeah. it's those same people, and this is the shit that I think is hilarious. It's those same boring, everyday, stupid fucks that will criticize what you're doing. They'll criticize what I'm doing, but we're doing something so much different, so much more entertaining, and there's actually something that can be said about us. And what we've done throughout life. Whereas all the people that criticize, you're not doing anything. You're you're literally, you're giving money to the system. You're getting paid back, and you're sitting at home. And then you get your joy over criticizing. And then they don't realize that people like us are just going to tell you to fuck off anyway. You know what I mean? Your opinion doesn't matter yeah. because, like, to backtrack, you know, and for Germans, man, it's 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 it is really like that over here. You what, know, like everything is very by the book, uh -huh. very, very paperwork oriented by the book. You do, there's a certain systematic process that you, um, that you do. And if you fall out, out of that process, you, it, the same process in America, but it's a little bit more lenient uh -huh. here. If you fall out of that process, you're really out of that process. It's almost like a person in like, uh, an Amish community leaving their religion kind of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, dropping out of school here, for example, or, um, not preparing for a, to purchase a home, mm -hmm. you know, like these are the things that they really focus on and, um, get very, I had a friend who had, who was, who would not shut up the entire day because he was scared that he was 10 minutes late and they were going to write him up. God damn. And like, he was, it was like his number one concern. And I'm like, bro, like, you know how many jobs I just walked out of? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like um, I don't know, man. Like, um, uh, that's why it's important to show these 
to show everybody who you are as a person so they can understand that, hey, like, Brian is not just a rapper. Like, Brian is a guy that's just trying to figure things out, and he's taking the time to do that. And you know what I mean? Like, it's good to um, to put your hands in as many baskets as you can and do podcasts. You know, do ten of them. And if you want to stop for a year, stop for a year. You're not required to do shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and then pick them back up when you want to. If, you know, like, it's it's all – it's like we're not bound to nothing, man. Yeah. And as we can see this week, everything that we think we're bound to can fall apart in a fucking second. Yep. So Every, everything is closed and everything is everything is done right now. Right, right, and and um, I'm I mean, this is a normal day for me, man. I've spent the last eight years of travel trying to figure out day to day. Yeah, you know, um, trying to figure out what I'm going to eat next or where I'm going to sleep. You know, this is this is to, for me. This is this is another day in the park. Um, really, you know, but um, also. It's also helped me understand, though, that um, I'm able to figure this out. And if you're stuck in these jobs where you don't have self-reliance or have or believe in your self-worth and you think you're only good enough for this, well, when that closes down, you're fucked. But people like us can figure out, okay, look, I got an entry. Okay, what do I need to do now? What's the next step? You know what I'm saying? Like we're able to – it's a marine saying, adapt and overcome. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, in, instead of being stuck in a position where you dedicate 30 years to a profession or, you know, my friend just from America just finished med school. He's my age. He just finished. He's 34. Damn. You know, his debt is increasingly high. He, he doesn't even like medicine anymore. Um, and, but it's what he's going to do because he spent so much damn time on it, you know, and he's not going to quit it now. And he's going to uh, be stuck in it forever trying to pay off the student loans to go. Right, and, that, and that's a total different discussion. But doctor depression is yep. super high. Yeah, and this is one of the reasons, though, because this is a, a clear example of being stuck in something. Because I think all of us in life don't like the same thing forever, mm-hmm. and that's just being a human being. And I want to know that I have the ability to change what I'm doing, and that my skill set is uh, a skill set that could be across the board. You know, like with with wrestling, you know, and doing these podcasts, you're learning so much things, so many skills that can move into other other areas. And that's what I'm doing now. I know that I'm not going to be rapping when I'm 50. What do I want to do? I want to go do more motivational speaking and really talk about my life. So what do I need to do now? I need to live a crazy fucking life. <laughs> yeah, so you can you know have I mean? stuff to talk and, about. So I have stuff to talk about. Exactly. So um, that's my excuse for the reason I'm doing what I'm doing because I'm building a story and I want to tell the story and I'm going to make six figures from telling this story. Uh, but it's, you know, it's going to take sacrifice and it's going to take some craziness along the way to make that happen. But that's currently what I'm in. You know, like I said, I'm just a dude from Texas that doesn't give a fuck about very much except wanting to enjoy his life. And as a result of that, I become this street rapper that's, traveling in Europe. Uh, will that change? hundred percent. Will that change? Um, I just bought a boat, you know, last month I'm getting into the boat game now, nice. you know, so I bought a boat and I'm trying to, trying to fix it up. I have no idea how to use any tools at all. I can't even screw <laughs> screws in, but I'm learning all this. I'm out there every day and I'm putting hours in and it's a slow process, but I'm learning this. Why? Because right now in my life, I want to work on a boat. So I'm doing it. I think it's definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's definitely cool and motivational. You're definitely gonna have a lot of shit to talk about. It doesn't seem like you're slowing down on any of it. We got um, 
I, I, I we're gonna have to we're gonna have to wrap it up. We could probably go on forever. What I would like to do is you do have you have another album that you had mentioned coming out uh, hopefully later this year. Maybe we can get you back on to talk about that and see what happened in between. Maybe if you got if you figured the boat game out and everything like that. But when we when before, yeah, man, my life's too interesting for forty five minute podcasts. Yeah, well, we're over we're over an hour right now. When we get <laughs> when when you get uh what's what's your social media? So before we get off here, people can go out and find you. Yeah. Any anything that you want to plug right now, you can plug. So whether that's look, you know, my name is Infidelix, really Infidelix, uh, I N F I Delix, and they can find everything out about me. Um, I I just want to spend this last little minute just telling everybody to keep their heads up right now and stay healthy and stay motivated and that now's the time that we should all support each other. Fuck plugging my shit. I just want everybody to, to know that, um, we're all here for each other and I'm thinking about y'all. Hell yeah. Well, that's definitely appreciative. Uh, I'm thankful for you coming on, man. And like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll continue talking. We'll uh, probably have you back on in the future, but I appreciate you coming on. And I thank everyone that's uh, listened to this podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it, a little something different, not just, like I said, we're not going to have wrestlers on every single week. I like to get out there, and I like to bring different shit out there for you to listen to and hear and spread the word of some good things. So thank you for listening. If you're new to the podcast, the first time you ever listen to it, do me a favor, subscribe, You know, rate, review, whatever, uh, and continue to check back, whether that's RyanOcean.com or, you know, through a, a subscription on Spotify or Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, it doesn't matter. And RyanOcean.com. Yeah, support this guy, man. Right now, right now, right now, everybody needs support, man. So exactly. if you guys are listening to Ryan, support Ryan because it's 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 very important during these times that we uh, show solidarity with each other and we show that uh, we are here for each other during these times. Exactly. And I just want to thank everybody for tuning in to this week's episode of the Ryan Ocean Podcast. Uh, no justice, no peace. All I know are these streets, and I walk around the block with wet shoes. On my feet, and I'm stuck with friends who choose to stay discreet. And I love to scream, fuck the police. I got stains on my fashion, lights, camera action. Now I'd like to lay back while them soft wolf was blasting. Now I'm painting pictures on my side floors, and I know my life is torn, but I keep searching for more. I wish my life was reborn, and I always knew that it was meant for purpose. I can't figure out if all this bullshit made it worth it. I deserve to pay a penny for my thoughts. I know that don't make sense, but right now let your brain connect the dots and ease the stress. Every day I be rocking mics on piss stained bricks Real hip hop don't exist unless there's people like this By people like this I mean people like me Who do whatever it takes in the pursuit of their dreams I was blue collar living so I turned it into gold And I was tired of having nothing so I turned it into gold No fucks given, that's my number one passion Spray cans in my backpack for some late night action Got my crew re-roll deep, I hear my name whispered on these streets Who's that crazy rapper with them dope fucking beats? I rock and sold out shows from Texas to Berlin I try to stay grounded but my brain is in a whirlwind I'd be that crazy guy that's rolling splits and staying high Writing all my rhymes outside up in this countryside I'm getting by, my life's considered magic you can mag it, you can have it Talking shit and I am laughing I'm tagging with the fellows I'm jamming instrumentals I'm rocking microphones Big stages in my sandals I'm building crews that are bigger than this universe Tunes on my passion Couldn't ask for a better curse Fools keep harassing cause my rhymes have emerged My life is absurd I stack heroes through words I was blue collar living So I turned it into gold and I was tired of having nothing, so I turned it into gold.
And I was blue collar living, so I turned it into gold. And I was tired of having nothing. I never really thought my life would be like this. I made this world my bitch through these lyrics that I spit. I was blue collar living, so I turned it into gold. I'm working really hard, and now this is what I'm owed. I'm following the greats and the stories that they told. My head is filled with wisdom, and my strength is getting bold. You can find me on the battlefield, I chill amongst the leaders. Making six figures from the sounds right in your speakers now. And I was blue collar living, so I turned it into gold. I was tired of having nothing, so I turned it into gold. And I was blue collar living, so I turned it into gold. And I was tired of having nothing, so I turned it into gold.